Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. So, Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's alive and active. It's sharper than two, any two-edged sword to divide between joint and marrow. And we thank you, too, that all scripture is used for edification, for building up, for correction, for helping us to grow into who you have us to be. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this time. God, I pray that you would anoint my words, be able to communicate clearly what you want to say to your people today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. amen. Okay, Psalm 23. Here we go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Really, really powerful section of scripture. And in order for us to really fully understand who we are as sheep... We're going to kind of do this in two parts. Ellie is going to be speaking next weekend, and she's going to really focus on the sheep element. Who, who are we? Who are we? We are, we are called the sheep in the narrative. So what does that look like? What's that dynamic look like with us and the shepherd? Today, I want to go through here and to look at how the shepherd cares for us. How does the shepherd care for his sheep? Because there's a very specific way that he does this. As I read Psalm 23, I can't help but notice that the prominent word throughout all of the entire chapter is the word he. I don't know if you caught this when we read through this, but, but, but it's, it's mentioned a lot, right? The Lord is my shepherd I have all night. He lets me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. He leads me for his name's sake. He is with me, his rod and his staff. He prepares a way. There's this theme in there that is more about who the shepherd is. Today, what I want to do is I want to look at how the, the shepherd cares for the sheep, but I want to do it in this way. Because as we read Psalm 23, it actually paints the picture that all we need is the good shepherd himself. See, see, many times we can read Psalm 23, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with this in, the, in, in essence, but I want to kind of change or, or shift or bring a different element to our thinking today. Because a lot of times we can read Psalm 23 and we can read it as all the things that he does. These are all the things that the shepherd does, and he does some pretty incredible things. But I think for us to realize that the starting point of all that is realizing that all we need is the shepherd, not necessarily what he does, 
but we pursue the shepherd. And the meeting of the needs and the care for the flock comes from the shepherd. So he absolutely cares for his flock. He absolutely pours out protection and grace and love and all of these things, but it comes out of the nature of who he is. Now, now, when we start to understand this then, we read Psalm 23 with a little bit of a different mentality because we read Psalm 23 as a way to be introduced to the shepherd and a way to actually see how he cares, but how he cares is in the fulfillment of who he actually is. And this is how we're gonna go back through this today. But all we need is the good shepherd himself. Some passages for you here. John 1 says this, that in him was life, and the life, uh, and that life was the light of men. Colossians 2 says this, for the, listen to this, this is so cool, the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. That means every attribute, every blessing, everything that God is, everything that we see revealed in the Bible about the nature of God and how he cares for his people and how he loves his people and and how he's a righteous judge, but he's also compassionate and merciful. All of those things are found in the person of Jesus, who is the shepherd. And so for us, as we start to understand, wow, Psalm 23 isn't just about all this stuff that the shepherd does, but it's a revealing of who the shepherd is. And it's out of that nature that we see him do some incredible things. See, the shepherd has a totally different way of of processing life, and, and he has an invitation for us into a relationship rather than just needs that he wants to meet. I want you to hear this from me is that the shepherd wants to meet needs. The shepherd meets the needs of the sheep. But but the, the sheep also have a trust in the shepherd because they recognize who the shepherd actually is and that he's faithful to take care of them. The sheep, all the sheep know is that's the shepherd and he, in him, is everything I need. Without the shepherd, I'm lost. Without the shepherd, I'm not protected. Without the shepherd, I'm not taken care of. Without, I, I need him. And this is what Psalm 23 does for us. So with this in mind, I'm gonna go back through Psalm 23 again, and I wanna reshape this a little bit so that we can kind of refocus in and have some different thoughts and perspectives. The first thing, the first thing on your notes is this, is when we think about the shepherd, we realize that he is rest. He is rest. Now, I'm gonna, I want to say this very, very specifically here because, and, and I chose my wording very specifically, because in Christ is rest for our souls, for our spirits, for our bodies, for our minds. In him is rest. But it's only because he is rest. Okay, so there's a, there's a shift. Psalm 23, verse 2. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. The point of this is this, is that the shepherd, Jesus, knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need in every season, and he knows what what we need in order to be able to rest and when we need to be able to rest. He, He knows because he created us. 
So he knows exactly what. So rest is found in a trust of the shepherd to bring those things at the right time. As, a, as the shepherd leads the sheep, he knows exactly when the sheep need to take a break and when they need to be refreshed. He also knows when it's time to keep going. He understands the balance of these things. When uh, Ellie and I met in Bible college, um, you know, she, she, she's, she's run a marathon. She's, she's very active. She's in shape. She's, and, and then there's me. Um, and when we met in Bible college, we got this really harebrained idea that we were going to meet in the morning before classes. Classes started at 7.30. So that meant that we got together at 6, 6.30. I don't remember. It was not smart. Uh, but we would get together, and the campus, Portland Bible College, was on Rocky Butte. It was halfway up Rocky Butte, which is a, a, a mountain, a hill. And, and you could go up to the top, and there was a really cool lookout. But to get up there, you'd have to run uphill. But it created a whole loop that would come back down to the college. So it was really cool. It was about, you know, um, if you were doing it, it was probably, I don't know, an hour loop. So um, we did it in like five hours. So it was great. <laughs> not really. We didn't have that much time. I'm exaggerating. But I remember as I was doing this, she had pacing and she understood how this worked. And so she knew how to regulate her body because she'd run a marathon. It's not you run all out all the time. You have to like, you have to learn how to do this, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> I really like you. So that's why I'm here, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna die and you can come to my funeral, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and so we would do this, but she, as, as we were going along, she was really, really good to say, hey, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to run to that street sign, and then we're going to stop and walk. Okay, that's great. You know, and so we would do it. We would run to that sign, and then I would pass out, and then she would walk, and then I would catch up with her. No, we, we would do this. What was so awesome about this, and I know that this is the way that people train when they're training to do long runs, is you create goals where you know, I need to push till I get to this place and then I can rest. The shepherd leads in that way. He knows, now you've got more in you and I wanna lead you a little further. I wanna lead you a little further. Okay, okay, okay. Now rest. This is the timing. This is my pacing. This is my rhythm. Because there are seasons when it is go time. There are seasons when the shepherd says, listen, we got some ground to cover today. And it's probably going to be a little rough. And, and you're going to have to just plow through. And we're going to climb a mountain and we're going to go in a valley and it's going to be steep and you're just going to have to know this is what it is. But, but rest is coming. And he knows exactly what the sheep need. Now, here's the cool thing about resting is, is he doesn't just, Jesus doesn't just look at our lives and say, okay, now here's a time when you can just pass out and do nothing. The important thing about the fact that, that Jesus is rest is because when we rest, it is a filling and a nourishment and a refreshing that's poured back into us. So it's an active exchange. This, this, this is what happens. When we bed down and when we rest, when we are led into those moments of rest by Jesus, 
What he does is he pours, this is so beautiful, he pours out of himself into the sheep. This is why he is rest. Because otherwise, we can stop doing stuff, but it won't refresh us. And we can be just as dead at the end of a day of doing nothing as we were when we went into it. But Jesus, if we allow him to be our rest, then we understand that he pours that out of his nature, of who he is into us. Now, that's, I think that's a way better way to look at it than just, oh, yeah, I get to rest and stop and take a nap. Now, naps are very important. I think they're biblical. Just saying, in the boat in the middle of the storm, what was Jesus doing? Napping, thank you. Oh my goodness. <sighs> my own theology is that there was actually a Sunday afternoon as well. He was napping, it was Sunday afternoon in the. No, never mind, that's not biblical. But anyway, rest comes from the person of Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's where we buck up against culture culture promotes a self indulgent rest. Okay, hear, hear this making it all about me. Having me time, a me day, right? But what culture says is to fill that with a lot of things that don't actually bring refreshing. You can spend a whole day on Netflix and be exhausted afterwards. You can spend a whole day playing video games and exhausted afterwards. You can go on vacation thinking vacation is going to refuel you and come out just as exhausted. Right? You, you can do all these things. Now, do those things play a part in bringing refreshing to your life? Sure. But the difference is we cannot rely on those things to renew us. As soon as we rely on something artificial that culture wants to put in the place of Jesus, we end up just as empty as when we went into it. Rather than allowing the rest of Jesus to come and pour into our lives. So, so this, is, this is the shift because, because culture says, no, no, you, you take your time. You take your time. Have me time. The shift, I think, for us is to understand that what if we processed it from what's the Jesus time look like? What, 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 it, what would it look like if our refreshing came from time with him, time spent with him? What, what, what would it look like if we, if we cut off the noise? in order to really hear his voice into our lives. What would that look like? Now, it's way easier said than done. And don't get me wrong. Vacations are amazing. Going on hikes is amazing. I, I enjoy watching a good movie. So there's nothing wrong with those things. But if that is where I'm going for my renewal, that's the problem. And that is what Psalm 23 says. A big part of our trust in Jesus is trusting that he really can meet our needs. So the question is, where are we looking for our needs to be met? When we're exhausted, when we're finding anxiety and worry, maybe even depression, when we're running on empty, where do we look to be refueled? Where, where, where's our natural tendency to go? Maybe the shepherd wants us to learn a little bit about what it is to be a sheep and allow the shepherd to pour out his rest in our lives. Now, that comes through some practical things, 
right? It means, like I said, shutting off noise sometimes. It means grabbing your Bible. It means just putting on some worship music and sitting. There, there, there are things that naturally happen in order for us to be refreshed by Christ. So it takes some intentionality. It really does. It takes some intentionality for us to do. But the cool thing is, as we, sh- as we reshape and as we think and we process, then we receive that rest that we have for our souls. You guys doing okay? Okay, all right. Let's go on to the next one. The shepherd. He is life. He is life. Verse three, the first part of verse three says that he renews my life. The desire of the shepherd is to be the only one that renews us. He wants to be the sole source of our life. And the promise is that he has everything that is necessary for that. He's the one who refreshes our life. He's the one who who builds our life up. And so the question for us is, as sheep, will we actively go to him to receive our life? And many times this is actually comes out of a place of learning to wait on the Lord. Learning just, just, just to wait, just to be. Uh, this morning, Ellie led our, our dream team. Before church, we have a dream team chapel, which is where we just as a dream team come together to really seek God for the day and really have the Holy Spirit pour into us. And she led us in this time of just waiting before the Lord. Waiting before the Lord. Because in that is where we find life. Isaiah 40 says this, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary and they will walk and not faint. That happens because of Jesus and because of the life that he brings to each one of us. The next one, I'm realizing we gotta keep going. Okay. The next one, he is the way. He is the way. He doesn't just provide a way. He is the way. Psalm 23, and the second part of verse three says, he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Okay, now, now here's, here's something we might not want to hear because we can read the previous verses and, and you're going to, you know, let into beautiful green meadows and lay down in peaceful grass and walk along a quiet stream and oh, drink from the stream. And it's just, it's awesome. Then we read this and we're like, oh, he leads me on the right paths. It's like a Sunday afternoon walk on the green belt. It's just wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are those times. But the way that I read this verse, because what the verse says is not I will lead you between, but on quiet paths and calm paths. He says, I will lead you along the right paths. Why? For his name's sake. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say to you this morning. The shepherd will lead you on paths that will absolutely require reliance on the shepherd. It's harder to rely on the shepherd when you're going through a nice meadow because you can do whatever and it's peaceful and it's quiet. When you're going through a time that your very life depends on how the shepherd leads. Our life 
is in the shepherd. The paths that he leads us on are to show us who he is, to build reliance on him, which means he's going to live us, leave us, lead us on difficult paths and challenging paths, but the only way to survive is to stay close with him. Jesus doesn't just show us the way, he is the way. John 14 says it this way. Jesus just told them. He said flat out, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty flat out. There's not really any way around it. He says it pretty emphatically. The only way that we can see the pathway ahead is to follow the way and to stay connected with him. Psalm 77 says this, and this is the New Living Translation says it, and I thought it was really cool how they phrased this. Psalm 77, verse 19, your road, he's speaking of of the Israelites, but it says that your road led through the sea when you parted the waters. Your pathway through the mighty waters, and get this, this statement's so cool. A pathway no one knew was there. The way will lead you along paths that you didn't know were there. I, I really think that this is the best thing that I should do with my life. I really think that if I go this way and make these decisions, and the shepherd's going, well, what if you follow me and I show you a different way? What, what, what if you stay close to me and we go on a path that you don't even know about yet? I, th- I really think that these needs are going to be met in this way. And if I just get a raise at work, and if I just get this amount of money on my income, if I, if I just do this, if I just get into this house, or, or if I just stretch myself this much to get this car, then I won't have to pay for car pay, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the shepherd says, no, listen, why, why don't you trust me? Because I got something way different, and it's going to be good, and it's going to be right. Okay. okay, but I don't see how that works. Exactly. That is where this thing called faith comes in. Because we trust the shepherd. And this is important for us to know. A difficult path does not mean the shepherd isn't leading. Many times we think when life gets hard, there's got to be, I'm doing something wrong. God's out there, whatever, and I'm just trying to navigate because this road is really hard. No. No, the shepherd is still leading you. Will you follow The shepherd is still leading you in these moments. A difficult path is not one to avoid. In fact, many times it's good for us to actually receive and step into the difficult paths because it's going to help us grow in our relationship with Christ. It's going to actually help us to deepen our understanding of who he is. So he is the way. Um, and, And this is why this is important, right? Because the lie is that culture wants to say, and the lie that that kind of floats around is that life with Jesus will have no problems. That's a lie. (laughs) Sorry. And I know this because John 16, Jesus says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Why? Because you will have suffering in this world. Well, come on, Jesus, for real. Like... Do you have to say that? No, you're going to have suffering. It's going to be difficult. You will have challenge. 
Don't, don't be caught off guard when that takes place. Don't be so focused on the meadow that you forget and you get your eyes off of the journey that leads to those places. Don't be so fixated on the, the calm streams that you lose sight of the shepherd who wants to lead you through something so that he can show himself to you. Don't be so stuck on the fact that it has to look good if all this is going to work. No, instead, let us get our eyes on the shepherd. Because, because this is what it says. This is what it says, and I'm, I'm messing this up, but, you know, here we go. The next part of it says this. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger. Why? Because the shepherd is the one who's leading through it. And when we keep our eyes on him, even when we go through a dark place, even when we go through a difficult situation, even when we go through something that makes sense, it's okay because we still see the shepherd. Okay? Now, now, now here, here's, here's how this works, though. We got to keep our eyes on the shepherd. As soon as we start looking off to the right and to the left, and as soon as we start focusing on the things that we think are so strong and so there, we lose sight of the shepherd. I did this study a little bit ago on peripheral vision. Peripheral vision is very interesting because, yeah, it's this really cool thing that you can see, but peripheral vision plays tricks on you more than anything because it's out of your direct line of sight. If, if our eyesight of our shepherd is out of peripheral vision, we're going to miss a lot of his leading. But if he's at the center of our attention, everything else, not as important. And we follow him with clarity. So this is the thing for us to be aware of. Okay, now I'm going to jump back. I know I messed up the slide, guys, but they're amazing. They're following me. D, on your notes. He is salvation. He is salvation. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The presence of Jesus is what brings true peace through salvation. John 14 says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I don't give to you as the world gives. Meaning this, the world says if you have this, you will have peace. If you have X amount of dollars in your bank account, you're going to have peace. If you have all the laundry done in your home, you're going to have peace. Now, I mean, you will have peace, but if all of these circumstantial things line up, you're going to have peace. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I, I don't bring that I give you a different peace, which is the peace of the Holy Spirit in us and the peace of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus that lives inside of us. And that is what allows us to be able to be saved, to be safe, to have peace. When I was a kid in the evenings, my, my parents, after we would go to bed, we lived with my grandpa. And uh, after we would go to bed, they would go on a walk in the evenings. And, and they did this a lot, right? Well, we, we got scared, right? And, and there was nothing to be scared of, right? But we could never go to sleep until they were back in the house. Like they would go and we'd be looking out the window. Like we lived in the country. There was nothing to worry about. Grandpa was there. Although I don't know if that was necessarily a safety thing. But anyway, <laughs> he was there, right? We had a BB gun. If anything was happening, we're set, you know? We were safe. But yet we still looked out the window 
for them to, this is a true confession if they're watching online, they thought we fell asleep. Mom, we always watched for you guys to come back. Don't know if I ever told you that before. There it is. That's going to be a fun conversation. All right. You guys were asleep. No, we pretended to be asleep when you got back. I'm just kidding. But when they would return, we were able to go to sleep because it was the presence of mom and dad that brought that safety, that brought that security. They didn't do anything different, but it was the fact that they were right there that brought peace and security. And this is what's powerful about the shepherd. It's the presence of the shepherd that brings this peace. The presence of the shepherd that brings protection. The presence of the shepherd that brings salvation. And this is why I use this word of salvation. is because not only is he the protector of our physical lives and everything that we walk through, he's the protector of our souls. We have salvation in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He paid the price that we were supposed to pay. He, he paid the price. He paid the punishment for what we were supposed to get. And because of that, he solidified the fact that we are forgiven in him. There's, there's no other thing that exists. He is our salvation. He is our protector. He, yes, he will protect you here on earth, but much greater is the fact that he protects your soul in eternity. He's your eternal life. He's your salvation, the grounding where you do not have to wonder and worry about where you stand with God. No, because you are in Christ Jesus, you know where you stand in, in, God, in the sight of God. You know what it means to stand inside of Jesus and allow him to be the salvation for our souls. See, Jesus protects our life and he protects our, our souls and he also protects our here and now. There's a, there's a I, I love this, this look, and then I'm going to get ready to, to wrap up here for the day. I love this look. Um, Jesus, there, there, there's a, the famous parable of the Bible. The famous parable with sheep is he leaves the 99 to go get the one, right? This is very famous. We're all very familiar with this. But as you dig a little bit deeper, you understand this. The shepherd leaves to go get the, the one after the 99 have been fed, have been brought into the sheep pen, have been looked over to make sure that they are, there's no wounds, and they are in a place where they are protected and guarded and cared for. And then he goes to look for the one. The searching for the one, the salvation of the one, is not at the neglect of the 99. Because his salvation is for both. The salvation of the sheep to make sure that they are protected and guarded and secure and that wild animals can't come in and get them and also to go after the one that's lost. It's both at the same time. And here's, here's one of the beautiful things that I love about this is that this is not just for one moment, but it is complete in who he is. It's complete in everything that he does. Now, why is the 99 and the one? I'm just going to throw this out because I think that this is really important. The 99 and the one, why is that so important? Because when, the when, when people are looking at the church, the church is the representation of how the shepherd cares for people. So when he goes out 
to search after the one. The church is the representation of the love of God to the world. So as the one comes and as the shepherd brings the one back into the sheep pen, he, they come back to a place where the 99 are cared for and loved and healthy and protected. And this is what shows the glory of the shepherd among the sheep because the shepherd has come to care and to watch over and to protect and, have, and, and save and also bring in. It's this beautiful relationship of the two things working together. This, this is how the shepherd is. This is how the shepherd works. And finally here for your your notes is letter E. He is healing. He is healing. He doesn't just bring healing, but he is healing. And again, this is not just for your physical bodies. This is for your spirits and for your soul. There is healing for your soul. Everything that he did on the cross was to bring a health and a wholeness to what was broken at the fall at the beginning of time. He comes to bring healing to those things. Psalm 23, verse five says that you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. This is the really cool picture about this. There were these really nasty bugs and don't ever Google it because it's disgusting. But there's these bugs called nose flies, fitting name. And they would actually get into the sheep. And, and kill sheep, they, they, would, they would get up in the nose. It was actually, yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. It was sad, but it was funny. The, they would get up in the nose and infect the nose and everything, and the sheep would actually run into, like, trees and rocks trying to get the nose, the, the flies out of the nose, and, and die be, because of these things, right? But the shepherd, it was so cool because this picture, as the sheep would come in, he would anoint their head with a special oil that was made up of sulfur, linseed oil, and tar. And he smeared it on the sheep because the flies couldn't stand it. Every time they came back, and if they were in a season where these flies were in abundance, he would anoint their head with this oil so that they would be healed and protected. He, he would care for them. You also see that as the, the, the sheep would come into the sheep pen, that he would take his staff and he would put a little bit of dye on the end of his staff. So that as the sheep walked by, if there was a sheep with a limp or a sheep that had a visible laceration or something, he would just mark them. So after every sheep was accounted for, he was able to go around and care for that sheep, especially and specifically the way that it needed to be cared for. And this is what I love about our shepherd. And I started with this. He sees us, he sees our needs, and he comes to meet our needs. He knows the healing that we need in our lives. He knows the physical healing that needs to be done. He knows the healing of your soul. He knows the healing of of your mind, your will, your emotions. He knows all of those things that are done. And he comes to either anoint and bring his healing balm onto our lives to rid us of insects and rid us of, of, of all of these things that are attacking us so that we can be whole and healthy. Or he sees wounds that he needs to tend to. And we know this about wounds, that sometimes wounds, they fester. And they have to get cleaned out. And it's painful. But it needs to happen so that there can be healing. The shepherd knows all of this. He knows his sheep so well. So well. He knows you so well. 
and he knows exactly what you need in your life. If you've been carrying an area of your life that you need healing, he knows exactly what to do to bring that healing. He knows exactly what to do to come and to mend what has been broken. This is, this is the good shepherd. Pretty powerful that it's much more than just, yeah, he meets these things and he does this, but it actually pours out of who he is. And we're invited into this relationship with him. Um, as we get ready to conclude today, um, everyone doing okay? Okay. A little bit of a, more of a thought-provoking message. I understand that. Um, but, but I really, really just sensed in my spirit um, that the shepherd wants to tend his sheep. Um, maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you need rest. You've been running hard. You've been running on your own. And you're just at the end of your rope. Maybe you're here and you're trying to navigate what to do next in life. You need the way. You're like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I do not know what to do. I need the way. Maybe you need protection. Maybe you need healing in your life today. I think that in this room, we're all in different places. And, and would you say that, that something today that was spoken resonated with your hearts? Would you, would you say that? Okay. Okay, so here, here's what we're going to do. A couple different things. I'm going to lead us in a, a time of prayer. And pray that the shepherd would come, walk among his sheep, and bring the care that his sheep need. But I also, we, we, we do this every week and, and we kind of talk about it at the end, but I, I really, really, really want to encourage you today that at the end of service, we're going to have prayer teams right here. And Ellie and I are actually going to be up here as well. And uh, if you need specifically prayer over the shepherd being able to come and just minister to your life, there is a specific area of your life that you need the shepherd to do something in. I want you to come up and I want you to receive prayer. So there's gonna be two teams, one on either side. Ellie and I will be smack dab in the middle because that's even and I'm OCD. <laughs> and I wanna encourage you to come up and receive that prayer. Let us agree with you because I, I, I'm telling you this right now. The shepherd's here, he sees, he has compassion on, he knows how to heal your need. He knows how to meet you where you're at. And he wants to meet you where you're at. So we're going to do that here in a second as we close. I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come up. We're doing this a little bit different than we talked about because I'm throwing it all out the window. <laughs> but do this with me. Would you stand? Everybody stand together. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to invite the, worship, or the, the prayer teams up to the front. If you guys would come up, Ellie will be right here and then I'll join her here in just a, in just a moment. Um, 
But we're just, we're just going to end, we're just going to end real, just in this place of, of waiting on the Lord and waiting on what he wants to speak. Um, so whatever that is, I want you to grab a hold of whatever that thing is that, that you need the shepherd to be in your life right now. And just close your eyes, no one looking around. And I, and I do want to add this today too, that maybe you are here and you're watching and you're watching online or you're in the room and you're far from Christ. You're far from him. You don't even have a relationship. You would probably consider yourself as that one sheep that's not part of the flock. I want you to know that today the shepherd comes to restore you, to call you in and to provide this protection, to provide this healing, to provide this salvation for you, just like he did for every other sheep. And if you're here and that's your need today, then I want to invite you to pray a prayer. We're going to pray this together, and then I'm going to pray over you. And if you just need the shepherd to come and to, to rescue you from where you've been, he's here today to do that. Just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus... I come to you today and I recognize I've been lost. I've been out on my own. I, I, I've, I've wandered. I'm broken and I'm hurting and I need you. And I ask you as the good shepherd to come and save, rescue, heal my life. Restore my joy my salvation, and let me have new life in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer today for the first time, I just want to say welcome in to the family of God. Because what you've done is you've started a process now. You've started a journey of learning what it means to be one of the sheep. And so I just want to say we're so grateful that you're, you've made that decision today. Come on, can we do this? Can we put our hands together for everybody who maybe prayed that prayer for the first time today?